This United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with The Athletic, a place you go for top quality sports writing. There's no clickbait, there's no pop-up ads, there's no ridiculous transfer rumours to be let down by. Just top quality sports and football writing. There's loads of Manchester United stuff on there. Last week I spoke to Neil Wood and he talked through the emerging youngsters at Manchester United. Daniel Taylor did a big piece on Ravel Morrison. Laurie Whitwell's done several pieces in the last week. And Carl Anker is writing about Manchester United as well. New subscribers can take advantage of a special offer where it's £1 a month. If you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand, that's theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand. And new subscribers can try some of this brilliant sports writing for just £1 a month. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. My name's Andy Mitten and I'm delighted to be joined by our special guest, Dimitar Berbatov, who's joining us from Sofia. Uh, I met Dimitar, well, a couple of times in Marbella and then pre-season last year, which seems like a long time ago, in Singapore. And I promised him that the next time we did an interview, it would be in Bulgarian. So, Dobro Utro Dimitar. <laughs> oh my God, that's not bad. Indeed, that's not bad. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just need a few more classes and then I promise I will do an interview with you in Bulgarian. It's lovely to, to, to have you. What have you been doing with yourself? What's life been uh, doing for well, you? Uh, probably the same as everybody around the world with this pandemic that is going on and, you know, taking care of yourself, of your family, of your close one. Spending more time with them, but the good thing for us here back home is that we are not hit as bad as other countries. So we have some good precautions. Our government take good measures to restrict that virus, and you know, life must go on, and we try our best to you know stay safe as much as it can. But now, it's kids going to school, people to work, it's not easy, but we manage. You know. So you're living now back in in Sofia. Well, for the moment, yeah, I'm here because my family, okay, feel good, my kids go to school, and in the end, it's all over the world, it's nice and it's good, but home is home, you know. Mm. When we spoke in Marbella in the autumn of 17, you spoke about the idea of doing a book about your career, you'd said that you'd started making notes, writing them, and then you told me that it had been published in, in Bulgarian, and... You like the idea of it being translated into English. That has now happened, is that right? Yes, correct. It did happen. And as I told you back then, uh, normally when I say something like this, uh, I keep to uh, keep my promises. And my Bulgarian book, my autobiography, uh, was complete one, one year ago. And it was, it was a great success here back home. But of course, I want all the... Uh, people who speak English and can read English to know my story as well, my full story. So now the English version is is ready. It's in printing. You know, hopefully two three weeks is going to be ready to sell. And I'm and I'm so proud and excited. Did you write it? What was the writing process? How was the stage uh, of it done? Did you work with another writer to get it into shape? Other editors. Yeah, of course. I, I, I work with uh, two people who are very close to me and they are the co-writers uh, for the Bulgarian version and like uh, getting all the infos because 
we human beings, we tend to forget a lot of stuff and I made no exception. So it was challenging to find what was happening 20, 25 years ago or even longer than that. But we did, we did. And the English, as I said, the Bulgarian version uh, was great to fix back home. And for the English one, uh, of course, we translated it. It was a bit of a challenge because to translate Bulgarian to English is not an easy easy job. And it, but I'm proud and if that we've done a great, great uh, job of doing it because I wanted to keep uh, my energy in the book, how I speak, how I, uh, how I think about things, um, you know, my irony and my humor to keep it as it is in real life. And we managed to do that. How do you get hold of this book when it comes out? Uh, when it comes out, you just go on berbatov.com and the book will be there. You can order it worldwide. We send everywhere. Uh, and then you have your hands on it and you let me know what you think about it. But I'm pretty sure people are going to like it because I say it all as it happens throughout my career. Low points, high points, struggles, fights, success, everything. And you published it yourself as well? Well, I did it myself. Yeah, I did it myself because, I don't know, uh, this is actually the name of the book as well, my way. So I've done it my way, you know, and uh, it was not as difficult as people think. You just need to be persistent uh, and focused and you can do it. The new football season is about to start. How are you feeling about Manchester United? ahead of the 2021 season? Well, well uh, as any other seasons, hope high, expectation high. Uh, probably not only me, but all the other people connected to it United. Um, the end, in the end, it's we who are watching the games and caring about the team. We're hoping to be better season than the last one. Because it's been a long time since United have been mentioned uh, like and fighting for the top one and two place in the Premier League. And as I said, they need to challenge City and Liverpool because these are the two teams that are leading the, the football, in a way. I'm about, after I've spoken to you, to speak to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as part of his first press conference of the season. And I intend to ask him, unless someone asks before me, what is his yeah. assessment of the transfer window for United so far this season with one player coming in. There's a lot of frustration among fans that there's only been one player. Do you think mm -hmm. that's sufficient or do you think United need to strengthen more? Depends. Depends because uh, sometimes, and I said it many times in the past, when you buy just for the sake of buying, uh, it, it's not going to be a success. You need to be specific what you need, exactly what you need for your vision. So uh, if I'm the manager, uh, I, I would like to know and to tell the people that are recruiting the players what I need, what I like, what my vision for the game is, what kind of player I need. Not just go out there and buy me a player. I don't think that's the right way. And in the case of Fole, I think that he has his vision. He knows which players he wants. And sometimes you cannot get it. The price is too high. The wage demands of the player is too high. And it's not happening. Uh, but so far, so far, um, one player, Van de Beek, I, I'm, I'm happy with that signing because I like him a lot from his playing time in Ajax. I think he reads the game really well. He defends well as well. Uh, hopefully he can fit straight away into the team. And if they buy other players, uh, me, you, we wait, we wait and see. But don't buy just for the sake of buying. That's not the right thing. 
which other players have impressed you last season for, for Manchester United? Uh, honestly, honestly, they, all of them can do a lot better. But on uh, the, the top of my mind, uh, straight away comes uh, the young boy Mason Greenwood. Firstly, because I'm a striker and I watch the strikers. Uh, and secondly, because the chances he was given, uh, always he produced something interesting, in my opinion. Was it a movement on the pitch, looking for the space, the goals that he scored? And I think he deserves more playing time because he earned it with the performances last season. So hopefully Ole is going to give him even more chance to shine this season. And on top of that, I think uh, everyone should need to up their game a bit more from the last season as well. Be, be more consistent. I know something that that's what the coaches are looking for from the players. They don't want a world performance on the Sunday and then to lose three days later at home to Crystal Palace. Exactly. Exactly. And that's always the case. Always the case. That will never change. Uh, so the consistency factor is the most important. Uh, to keep it uh, and go on with it. That's why I think, in a way, Liverpool and City are so good at the moment because last season as well, because the consistency factor is there on top because they have uh, great, great players and that can help you keep that consistency when you have great player and who are real professional. And, of course, concentration. Concentration, don't make mistakes because, as we saw, when you make mistakes, if you play a good team, they will punish you for sure. You mentioned City. You had a choice to go to Manchester City in 2008. And I remember that summer, your potential transfer just dominated the summer. It drove me absolutely crazy, like Jadon Sancho this summer. I remember being on the pre-season tour in South Africa and every press conference was Dimitar Berbatov, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. And finally, from the outside, it seemed like you made your choice. Why did you choose United over City? First of all, I want to say that I uh, I never liked being in the press so much and like uh, Berbatov, Berbatov, what is going on? It's like something major would happen and it's just football transfers in a way. Uh, but uh, of course, I said it many times before, it was purely because uh, in my mind, uh, my intuition and my focus to reach my success, my personal success, my top of the mountain, was just in front of me and it was in the face of United. And when you see the history, when you see the past players and the players that they used to play back then at, at my time, uh, it was a really easy decision because you want to play with the best. You want to challenge yourself and see how far you've come. And it was easy decision. And the moment they say, well, we want you, I, there was no other option for me. Honestly, there was no other option. Uh, City was for me like um, like nothing was happening. I don't I didn't even care. It was one go and just go there to United, and uh, you know just reach that mountain for me. As I explain in my book, and people will read it, uh, and I'm pretty clear how I felt a, about at that time. And then I remember you signing and being at an away game in Alborg in the the Champions League, and there were 1,500 travelling Reds there, and the song came out of the away end. Do you know the song? Do you remember it? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I never liked songs. Even in Spurs, when in United, I feel uncomfortable and I feel uh, like I want the, 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 the earth to open and I to fall down, you know, because it makes me just uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's just a strange feeling with me. Never liked that. But, you know, it, in a way, it's, it's, uh, it's a funny thing because someone was saying it to me the other day here in Bulgaria. 
uh, what was it, Andy? He say, what was it, City fuck off or something like that? Yeah, Dimitar <laughs> Berbatov, one look at City and he said, fuck off. <laughs> and, and that, that, yeah. that was filling the air in, in northern Denmark in uh, yeah. September it was, 2008. It was, yeah. but, it, was, it was like that pretty much when I was making the transfer. But as I said, never feel comfortable around songs around me because I'm just like that, you know, just guys, please, I feel uncomfortable. Do you like music? I do like music, of course. Do you like, tell us some Bulgarian music. Who could we listen to? Uh, <laughs> well, you never, you, know, you don't know it anyway. Yeah, but, that's why I'm asking uh, we, you. You can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know it either, probably, to be honest. I'm listening more of a hip-hop uh, myself. Uh, when I, especially when I needed to prepare for a game, I would put my hip hop songs in my my in my earphones just to pump myself up. Maybe something aggressive, you know, just to get into the mood of the games. Some stuff like this, normal stuff. You mentioned Mason Greenwood. Can I ask you about the other strikers, uh, Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial? What do they do well? In which areas do they need to improve? Well, I never hide my admiration for Martial. Uh, because I played with him in Monaco. Uh, and I said it many times, you know, he was a special talent back then. And Ranieri, who was the coach, he told me about him first. He said he's a great talent, a great boy with a great future. And you can see it straight away. And I was happy that he moved to United after that. And for me, uh, even, he, of course, even his bad games, bad days, which he's going to have in the future, for sure, like any other players. But for me, he's... A really good, uh, a really good football player. I think he have a potential to be a lot, a lot better. Hopefully, he will stay focused and chase that dream to develop his quality because he's going to be a shame if he's not developed them. This is a gift of God. I think his the quality he have are unbelievable. Uh, and his understanding with Rashford, I think, uh, is also very good. At the moment, you can see how they like to combine between each other. Combination. They are both both really quick. Uh, they have a technique. And they have, uh, they can uh, create things out of nothing when the team needs them. Uh, just uh, improvisation is there as well. So I always excited when I see both of them into the starting lineup, and hopefully that will be the case for the new season as well. Paul Pogba, a little bit of an enigma. What's your take? Uh, in what way? I don't think you know what you're getting week to week. I think he's a world-class footballer. He's hugely mm -hmm. talented, but I don't think he's consistent enough. I'm not sure whether his mind is in Manchester or, or somewhere else. I think his mind is at Manchester. I think you have a point with the consistency factor. I think that's the only way, the only thing that probably he needs to concentrate a bit more. But uh, now football has changed. Uh, Pogba is a superstar. Uh, Pogba has his own world where he is uh, living in. Uh, I don't know what kind of uh, people he let in, in close to him, but he's have his family, his brothers, his agent probably, his teammates, some of them. Uh, and you need to have a special coach, uh, which uh, in case of Ole, I think he is, to know how to speak with this kind of players, you know, because you need to be different with every everyone. But when you have superstars like this, you need to, to be sure how you treat them, how you speak with them. Because in football, it is like that. It is like that. You have, how do you say it in English, um, hierarchy, you know, in football club, uh, which has always been the case. And you always, uh, even if you're an experienced coach, you need to take them and put them on your side so they can perform for you when you go, you step under the pitch. 
what type of people did you surround yourself with? Because I spoke to you a few times, and as a kid, you're in the tower blocks in communist era, Bulgaria. Yeah. You're going to play tournaments in the next tower blocks. Word goes round like you're a major drug dealer arriving because you were so good. Oh, no, Dimmy's team's coming. And then you're in Leverkusen, and you're a bit of a loner, or you seem to be a bit of a loner. You're quiet, you're shy, you, you really like your manager. Yeah. And then you go yeah. up and up and up. And I'm writing a piece at the moment where I'm doing a bit of an investigation, speaking to footballers who took really bad financial advice. They regretted some of the people they surrounded themselves with. They lost thousands. Yeah. Some of them lost millions. What type of people were you surrounded by? Well, uh, probably it, it helped me a lot in my football path that I was lucky enough to have good people around me in a way that I was never cheated like that financially. Uh, my agent was with me all my life. He was like my second father to me. And that was really important in, in my case. Uh, Friend-wise, I, I had my friends and I still have them from the time I was in Ceska Sofia here in the second team, in the first one. And I still keep in touch with them and we are still good friends. Uh, in the teams, of course, as you mentioned, I've always been a bit shy. And that was probably the only thing I can, I will change if I can go back in time and be a bit more open when I go to a new team, to a new surrounding with new players and just be a bit more open-minded, like uh, easily to socialize because that, I was, I was, like, I was like, like that a bit shy. I needed more time to open up and just uh, show how I am as personality. Uh, but in the team I used to play, I was lucky to have... Uh, especially in United, uh, winners, you know, because it was uh, important for me coming uh, from other teams and reaching that top. And then all of a sudden I'm surrounded by winners. And it's easy to get winner mentality because I'm just one guy and I go in the room full of 22 winners and it's easy for them to take me in and for me to start having that winner mentality, which was great, great thing in my opinion. And outside the football, as I said, always try to be around people who know more than me or have done more than me, even if it's for five or ten minutes, because you can just learn something. I don't know, if you just observe or ask a question, uh, you can just learn something and maybe, maybe implement it in your life. Yeah. We've got some questions from readers um, for you to, to answer. And you can decline them or you can say that's absolutely rubbish. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple and maybe even use them. But we like to do our research on sponsors and recommend brands that listeners should be using. We say with confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Other cheap or free VPNs make their money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trust Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. The second is speed. With other VPNs, they slow down your connection and make your device sluggish. With ExpressVPN, internet speeds are really fast. Even when connected to servers thousands of miles away, you can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. And the last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app and click one button to connect. It's really easy. And it's not just us saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET and other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. 
So protect yourself with the VPN that we use and trust and use our link expressvpn.com slash united today and get three months free on a one year package. That's expressvpn.com slash united. Visit expressvpn.com slash united to learn more. Have you ever practiced that piece of skill you did against West Ham to set up Ronaldo, or was it just a spur-of-the-moment genius? Uh, I never practiced it in trainings, but I did it before it happened at West Ham. I did it in a game against Bolton when I was in Spurs. I did it at the same spot that I did that one at, at, against West Ham. I did it the same spot against Bolton. It was a bit different in a way that the ball was in the air. But uh, if someone would be lucky enough to find that footage, you can see that I made exactly the same movement there. Uh, probably, again, it was just in the spur of the moment because there was nothing else to do. And my imagination for football was always helped me to get out of situation like this because this is... This was the football I used to play, and my body remember these kind of movements. Uh, and then against West Ham, probably, as I said, when you have a habit of doing uh, something different, something that uh, other football players don't do as much, and then it comes straight away in a situation like this, and you unlock that that uh, habit of, you know, something unusual, and uh, you see what happened. I was lucky enough to pull it off. Next question is from Gary Y. How would you rate your time at Manchester United? Uh, overall, I would say it was uh, a success because first, as I said, this was, my, this was my top of the mountain, my personal success. Other players have more success than me, of course, many more. But in my journey from Bulgaria, Leverkusen and Spurs, United, I climbed my letter, let, a letter of success. And I was the happiest man when I signed with United. Of course, I have my low points, my high points, but overall, to be champion of England, uh, then to break Liverpool uh, championship um, titles of 18 and for us to make it 19 and for me to be a goal scorer of my team in the Premier League, I mean, coming from Bulgaria, a small country, I, I cannot be more proud than that. Ed66 wants to know, what's the most cigarettes you've smoked in a day? Well, for fuck's sake, I don't smoke <laughs> this is the biggest misconception probably out there. Uh, and I'm sure it started from a photo that he was taken on the street with me with his, uh, with cigarette. But I just tried to show my girlfriend who at the time was smoking that I, I look cooler than her, you know. And that's, it's a big, big misconception. I never smoked. Son of a gun wants to know, did you ever worry that you'd get found out for sneakily attaching a piece of Velcro onto the top of your right boot? <laughs> uh, wait, he's asking if I attach a piece of Velcro on top of my, of my right foot. Yeah, so the ball would stick to it. So the ball can stick. Yeah, that's a good joke, though. That's a good joke. <laughs> uh, no, I was just gifted. I was obviously, obviously, joke aside, I was just gifted to have the talent of a uh, good technique, uh, but but that's not enough, trust me, that's not enough. Uh, you can develop it even further, uh, and if you practice enough, uh, as I said, and you can read in my book, how I managed to have the control of the ball like this. You can find it there, I explain it really well. 
and I'm sure you'll go into much more detail in your book, and that will be of interest to people. Murph wants to know, how did you feel about being left on the bench for a clearly heavily injured Wayne Rooney for the Bayern Munich second leg in April 2010? Well, sitting on the bench every time was a painful experience, not only for me, but for any other players. And who loves to play football. If you don't love to play football, then no problem for you. But in my case, it was always hurting not to, to be playing. Uh, and when you're at United, you're surrounded with great players. Sometimes you need to accept it that uh, some are going to play and you're going to be arrested or benched or whatever. And maybe at times it's a bit more easy to take because you see Wayne Rooney, you see Ronaldo, uh, you see all these players around you, and you're like, okay, you know, these are winners. Sometimes if I don't produce well in a game, maybe next time I'm not going to play. So this was the case from time to time, but sometimes it was, how do you say, it, I didn't deserve it at times, but, you know, football sometimes can be cruel. Remo wants to know if you wear a face mask in shops. <laughs> no, back home, back home from time to time I put my hat and my glasses if I need to go uh, because back home, most people know me uh, in, 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 when I go outside Bulgaria now it's a bit uh, more uh, comfortable before when I used to play for United in my active career it was more crazy but now you know, where was the fame, most, where was the most crazy place? Time. Where, where you were, you were recognised and you thought, geez. Oh, England. England has always been uh, the place where people respect me and know me. But, uh, for example, go to Italy. <laughs> Italians are crazy. Uh, stop you on the street as well. Uh, and it's always, it's always nice, though. It's always nice. Of course, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's nice when people recognise you and say, yeah, Berbato, Berbato, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's a good experience. It's a good experience. I will never get, get away from this. Uh, and if the people know how to behave and be nice, of course, I'm going to say hello to everyone. When is it a hassle if you're having a meal with your, your wife and people come up and interrupt you? Do you ever get much of that or are people tend to be respectful? Oh, they most of the time they they are respectful. They are respectful. Uh, of course, from time to time you have people who are a bit more uh, out there, uh, like thinking they they know you or you own them something. Uh, then of course the other the other verbal comes out because we all have different personality inside us. And if I'm with my family, I can politely explain that it's not the right time. Next question from Olsen11 is, when you were playing for Leverkusen, did you think that you'd beat both Liverpool and United? And how did Leverkusen prepare for the final against Real Madrid um, in comparison to United's preparation against Barcelona? Yeah. Well, we did beat Liverpool and United that year. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy journey for us. Our young team, nobody gave us any chance to do what we've done, uh, but we have some great team back then. It was somebody like Balak, Zé Roberto, Lucio, Wolf Kirsten. I mean, it was great. And we fully deserved to beat Liverpool and United and reach the final. Didn't do any, anything special because the whole year was crazy and we were just following the, the current, you know, just enjoying the moment because we knew that 
everybody was thinking that this, yeah, this is the last game. Well, no, the next one is their last game. But we just keep on going and going until we reach the final. And then we did deserve more of the final, honestly. I can say it uh, with my both hands that we deserve. We play as an equal to Real Madrid. But that goal from Zidane, probably the most beautiful goals in European finals, made the difference. And it was really painful for us in the end. And your coach, Klaus Topmuller, with the uh, the blonde hair, the white hair. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and you can see him. You can see him when we beat Liverpool, I think. And he was jumping like everyone there with cigar in his head. Imagine that with a cigarette on the bench, like smoking and, and controlling the game. I mean, <laughs> that was crazy time. Did you grow up watching that brilliant Bulgaria 94 team? Yeah, like every other Bulgarian boy. I mean, of course, not not only the boys who dreamed of becoming football players, but all the nations. The nation was crazy uh, when we achieved what we achieved because nobody, again, nobody expected expected us to do something like that. And some of the great success are born of like having no expectation whatsoever. I mean, see Leicester when they become champions. What? Yeah, nobody expected that. Unbelievable. How good was Falcao to play with at Monaco? Surely that was the best hairline front line in history. The next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, back then my hair was not uh, as much as his first. And I wished I had more time playing time with him because uh, El Tigre was a great, great first human being and, and then a teammate. And always he was always there for everybody. Uh, and honestly, I didn't wish to have more time with him. But then he moved to United and to other clubs and uh, you know it's always good to play with good players like this but not only him I mean Falcao James Rodriguez was there Moutinho yeah. Fabinho uh, you know all these talented Martial young Martial, players yeah. yeah I mean we what a team we had in Monaco it just shows you how their scouting department was so good what's the most you've ever paid for a leather jacket is the next question <laughs> Actually, I still have it, uh, which I bought when I played for Spurs, and it was a four thousand pounds. Wow! <laughs> well, you ask, I'm telling you, it was. Yeah, not my questions. I'm just doing a service on behalf of United fans. The next yeah, question is: Did you really learn English from the Godfather films? Yes, I did. Uh, I did learn a lot from it because you, when you're a young boy, you don't have a resource to go to private uh, teacher to teach you, teach you English. Then you need to find a way to improve yourself, to self-taught how to do things. So then you start watching movies because I'm a big movie buff, watching movie in English, which put subtitles and then you try to memorize because automatically, after that, you, you, it's going to come when you start talking, because the brain is like that, you remember stuff. Uh, then what else you can do? You go buy newspapers uh, or magazines in English, and then you start reading again, so you can memorize words, sentences, and put it on top of what already knew, and here we go. And English is an easy, easy language to learn, anyway. Nikolai9 wants to know, of the five hat-tricks you scored during his, your time in the Premier League, which was your favourite, and what have you done? Yeah. With the, what have you done with the match balls? Well, match balls are here in front of me as we speak. I can see them. You know, uh, it's a great, great um, souvenir of mine in my cabinet back home. 
Uh, obviously, probably I need to say that the hat trick I scored against Liverpool that must be a top one because for 64 years I think nobody have done it before, mm, and I was greatly proud of that achievement. And of course, because we beat Liverpool in the end. Uh, but as any football strikers, football uh, player and striker would tell you, all goals are equally important to us. It doesn't matter what it is a tapping or bicycle kick or whatever. It's, they're all important for us. Tell us something we don't know about Nemanja Vidic, who listens to these podcasts um, while, he's, <laughs> while he's driving his family around uh, in Milan. Well, Vida is a great guy. Vida is a great guy with a great sense of humor. Vida. Uh, and uh, we still keep in touch with him. And I always say that I like him a lot because he was all about the team, sacrifices himself for the team. Training-wise, don't give a fuck who you are. You come here, I'll kick the shit out of you. You know, uh, that's why nobody wanted to play against Vida. Uh, and in the in the in the games, I mean, after game, he's coming in the dressing room like grass in his ear or his nose or yeah. bleeding or tooth missing. Uh, it's like Vida, what is going on, my friend? And he's gonna just brush it off and nothing. He was so strong, honestly, he was so strong. What's your favourite thing about Manchester or living in Manchester? Asks Paul Taylor. Uh, well, I always be curious how people com- uh, complain foreigners. I am a foreigner as well when I used to play there. Complain the weather is that, the weather is this. Well, you're not a weatherman. You go there to play football. Uh, and, and when you play for United or for City, uh, you just need to enjoy it because you are there. And football career is a short one. And then you're going to be moved out of Manchester and you're going to uh, miss it in a way like I'm missing it. Uh, and I, I liked everything there, you know. I like it because it was quiet when we used to live in, I think, older age, was it? Uh, and just walking around. And then my obligation was to go and play for the biggest club. Beerhawk is the UK's leading online craft beer shop. They deliver the best craft beer. Available direct to your door. There's thousands of beers to choose from and there's free UK delivery for orders over £50. There's gifts and you can earn beer tokens, well, loyalty points on every order. Discover a new favourite or stock up the fridge with your current favourite. There's lagers, IPA, stouts, Belgian and real ale. Convenience is key. All the favourites are available in one place, delivered direct to your doorstep and we've got a 10% off offer from United We Stand and while Oktoberfest might be cancelled we're still celebrating the world's most famous beer festival in style. Celebrate from the comfort of your own home with our range of Oktoberfest beery packs. These are the official Oktoberfest beers and they come with a stein for that authentic touch. These cases are extremely limited. Go to the website beerhawk.co.uk that's B-E-E-R-H-A-W-K.co.uk and there's 10% off with the promo code UNITED. That's U-N-I-T-E-D. That's Beerhawk, UK delivery, direct to your doorstep, free for orders over £50. Would you rather score a beautiful goal in a game that you lost or an ugly goal in a game that you win? <laughs> well, I may surprise some people, but I will say that we won and we win. You know, because in the end, it comes down to your team to your team first and foremost to win the game and I'll say that one but I will never shy away from a beautiful one for sure when you left United why Fulham was Martin Joel 
um, there? Could you have gone to bigger clubs? Uh, yes, and that's an interesting topic, which, again, I explain in my book why and uh, etc. like this. But, uh, yes, Martinho was there. I was in the period of my life where I didn't play it in my last year in United as much as I wanted to. Uh, because I'm a human being, my confidence is a bit low. When you're in a moment like this, you want your confidence to go up. Uh, how can you go up? By doing what I can do, play football, enjoy, score goals, make assists, stuff like this. And because we strikers are a bit different, we want to feel special. We want to know that the coach counts on us. When Martinho gave me a call, he was like, Berba, I'm waiting for you, my friend. You know, he speaks like a godfather a little yeah. bit. You know, and I melted. First of all, I melted, you know, because I always liked him and loved him. And uh, he was the guy who was my first coach in, in, in England. And he, he wanted me to go there. And, of course, uh, I said yes to him. I, I have a chance to go to Italy, to Ju Juventus, Fiorentina. But I didn't feel that I was wanted as much as Martino wanted me. And I knew that I would be, uh, the team will be starting with me, as they say. And it, and it did. And, and uh, we have a great season. I enjoyed it so much. 15 goals. And I stayed in England. I love England. You know, the football there is, is my kind of football. You lived in some great cities. Monaco, London, Manchester and Leverkusen. <laughs> okay. But football gives I you think... that, doesn't it? It allows you to, you know, if you're at that level, you can experience yes, a life. And, which... and, but in the end, uh, uh, for all young players or people who are listening who want to be, want to be a football player, in the end... This should be, uh, how do you say, uh, it should not be the first thing you are thinking about when you go to play for a team. Mm. The first thing should be who I'm playing for. Mm. You know, uh, am I playing? Am I enjoying my football? Do I feel lucky and happy? You know, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a great team, but shit city. I mean, what, what are you going to choose? A great team and a shit city or the other way around? Mm. You know, uh, and for me, always the always the first one. The, if the if the team is good, is great, and I have a great time, it doesn't matter where I live. I can sleep on a tent. You know. Finally, what was your first impression when you met Sir Alex Ferguson after signing for a record fee? Uh, shyness, uncomfortable. Uh, don't know what to say. Uh, just feel starstruck as well. That's why I said that. If I go back, I can change one thing. It's just to be a bit open-minded, like a bit more open out there, like not so shy and, and private and keep it to myself. Uh, that that uh, will be will make a bit of a difference. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I was like that. Like, what do I say now? What do I what do I do? Do I look stupid if I say something inappropriate or stuff like this? And it was funny in a way, but he was cool. You know, obviously, no, he was not no nothing new to him to buy players and welcome them and you know in the end it was it was okay you could have just done what anderson did and give him a big hug and say hey man yeah i mean that's that's what i meant when i say just open because ando was like that he was like uh, <laughs> he was a cool and crazy guy and just out there and, and always smiling and high-fiving everyone and just like he was been there all his life you know and sometimes i was looking at him and i'd be like fucking hell better but why can you not be a bit like that, you know. Fer Fergie loved but, him. You know, Fergie loved Anderson. Different. Yeah. Fergie, I think he 
felt something for him because Ando had lost his father at an early age. But he just loved the like the cheek of him when he came into his office and said, "Look, I'm gonna." I'm going to teach the twins to speak English. And Fergie's like, but, you know, you don't really speak it yourself yet because you have, you have phrases like, you know, my car no fly. And every, all the players love it, but maybe you're not the best English teacher, but Anderson convinced them that he was. What's your favourite Anderson story, finally? <laughs> oh, well, he was, believe it or not, sitting next to me in the dressing room. Uh, so it was me, it was Anderson, me and Rio on the other side. Yeah. And uh, every time we go before training, we go to the dressing room during uh, changing and after training, you know, everybody have their own locker and you put your clothes at front, inside and stuff like this. So we put my and Rio is putting his. Uh, no, sorry. It was Rio. Uh, it was Anderson, uh, Rio sitting, Anderson in the middle, and, and me. So Anderson is between me and Rio. Uh, and his clothes, Andy, his clothes and stuff, was like never in his locker. Always in Rio's locker or my locker. All over the place. You know, it can drive you crazy. He was messy like that. You know, and every time we try to teach him, Ando, my friend, for fuck's sake, this is my place. This is my private place. This is my locker. Don't put your socks in my clothes. All right, it's not it's not good, but it was no success. On the end, I changed places. You know, I moved to the other place, the other uh, the other side of the, of the dressing room. I'm sure your book's going to be full of stories. I'm going to order it and look forward to reading it. We'll we will give it a review in United We Stand as well. Just remind us of the website address where we can order the book and when the book comes out. Yes, you just put my family name, which is Berbatov. <laughs> Berbatov dot. You go there, www.berbatov.com, and the book will be there for you to, to buy, order, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. In the end of the world, we ship there, and uh, in the end, hopefully, not hopefully, I know that people are going to like it because it's, it have a great story. Uh, you know, not every story have a happy ending, as in life, you know, but uh, you can uh, have a valuable lesson, especially young boys, young talented players who are just starting to play football. How much is the book? Uh, it's going to be probably around 15 euros. Uh, and what about Cheaper in... than most of the books out there. And what about in Lev? In Lev is uh, 26, something like that. So we can, send you, we can send you some Lev notes in an envelope. You can, check uh, right you can try to do that. <laughs> got this image of you sat in your office okay we've got the right number 11 this one's I'm, I'm posting it out i've really enjoyed speaking to you i thank you for your time i hope the book um goes well and let's catch up a, a, another time and continue to follow your life well andy it was, a, it was a pleasure thank you just one more thing uh, actually the book will be even more valuable because i'll be signing all the copies that people are going to get oh, so brilliant. almost yeah almost like a collector value uh, which is going to be great. Anyway, thank you to speaking to you, and uh, we'll keep, keep in touch and uh, see you down the road. So thanks to Mr. Berbatov. I enjoyed speaking to him. He's also on Instagram at Burbo, B-R-B-O, number nine, and there'll be updates on the book there. I think that's a good idea. It's pretty interesting that he's self-published it rather than gone with a normal publisher, and he'll be signing all the copies, so providing they're all sent out and arrive okay, great. On that theme, United We Stand's latest issue is now out. Uh, we posted all of the subscription and single issue orders. 
which were received uh, before last Tuesday, the 8th. Um, they've all been arriving uh, from from the feedback we're getting um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. If it's outside the UK, uh, with the postage as it is at the moment, it might take a little bit longer, but they were all posted. And then any orders which came in since then, um, they went out. Well, we, we do one mail out a week, so... We've got a load of mags in Manchester, which we printed uh, in the hope of selling against Crystal Palace on Saturday because we thought that fans would be allowed back in when we made the decision to print. But that obviously isn't going to happen. So if you want to order a mag, we'll do one mail out a week. We'll do another one on Monday. So just PayPal £3.95 if you're in the UK to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk and we'll post out the... Max for you, we're doing another mail out on Monday or Tuesday. And then the season starts. Um, I always look forward to it. Um, got reservations of all as always. Pretty disappointed in the transfer window uh, so far. I think most fans are, and that, that's pretty clear. So we need a few wins to, to lift the mood, but a few players as well. I mean, Oli Gunnar said he wanted two or three players and only one's come in. And I know there are lots of factors. I know it's, uh, COVID is affecting the finances within football and United are struggling to get rid of players. But still, um, one player, uh, I don't think, and the manager doesn't think, more to the point, um, will be sufficient. I can't see United winning the league this year, but there's got to be an improvement. More points, closer to City, and uh, Liverpool in comparison with last year and a much better start uh, might sound like a stuck record sometimes but those four wins in the first 14 games that was nowhere near good enough for Manchester United and one of those early setbacks was against Palace at Old Trafford and Ollie Gunner in his United We Stand interview said uh, we could play him 100 times and beat him 99 times it was a freak match and then the club became enveloped in, in negativity. And there's quite a lot of that about at the moment. And I think that comes from the lack of transfers. Um, but it was the mood was pretty good in lockdown. I think United did well as a club. The, the performances have been good going into it. But that uh, defeat against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final, defeat against Sevilla, and United looked a bit leggy towards the end of the season. They looked knackered and didn't really convince. So... Hopefully we'll see the United we saw straight after lockdown. Um, they've tended to do well when the club have had a break. Remember, after that Marbella break, uh, going away to Chelsea and winning. A bit of luck with injuries because otherwise I could see what happened last year. A few injuries and suddenly the results start really dropping away. So fingers crossed for a decent performance and a win against Crystal Palace. And then it's Luton. Luton away. Went there in 92, one of the worst away days ever because a failure to win uh, all, all but cost United from winning a first title in 26 years. Maybe I should write something about that. Anyway, have a good weekend and I hope you enjoyed Dimitar Berbatov. <laughs>